0: I'm so glad to be here, and glad that you are here. I know there's other places that you could be today. I know there's a football uh, game that uh, is being played to the interest of many people. Go Cowboys, amen. (laughs) I heard about this fella that uh, he had bought two tickets to a cowboy game from an old boy uh, right on the 50-yard line, right up front. Paid about a thousand dollars a piece for a football ticket. What well, he didn't realize that the day that the football game was was the day of his wedding, <laughs> and there he was. And so he uh, he put a put an ad on Facebook, and he said, uh, "I have a cowboy ticket for sale. Fifty-yard line, good seat." I can't go. The guy called him up and he said, I'll take that ticket. He said, good. said, it's at 3 o'clock. It's the First Baptist Church and her name is Teresa. (laughs) Take my place. Y'all got that, didn't you? If you didn't, I'll explain it to you. So today we're going to talk about the beginning of sorrows. So we have kind of trafficked through uh, the book of Mark and a little bit out of each chapter. There's so much, so, so much uh, that I don't get to preach out of this book for time's sake. And uh, I've kind of made a series out of this, I guess, I've called it Messages of Mark. And so we... Find today's message is found in Mark 13. The first 13 verses in your hearing will be read. In chapter 13 it says, And he went out of the temple. One of the disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what building are here. And Jesus answering unto him, Seest thou that these great buildings there shall not be left one stone above another that shall not be thrown down now we know that that took place in the uh in AD 70 when titus came and he destroyed uh, uh jerusalem it took him a little while to do it he starved the people cut them off from their supply lines and it was a very horrible horrible deal i did some reading uh on that this week and uh, it was just uh, just a terrible thing that that he did and uh, and it says as he sat up on the mount of olives over against the temple Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately tell us when these things be and what shall the sign be when these things shall be fulfilled and Jesus answering them began to say take heed lest any man deceive you many shall come in my name saying i am christ and shall deceive many and when you shall hear of wars and rumors of war, be not troubled, for such things must needs be, and the end shall not be. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in divers places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. In the synagogues, be ye, ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published in all nations, and when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you. In that hour that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now thy brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father, the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved there's nothing that excites the believer like the promise of the rapture the fact that jesus said i will come again and i believe that he mean, meant what he said and that he will fulfill that promise uh to men uh, The angels uh, stood there when Jesus ascended up, and the the, uh, disciples stood there gawking up at the sky, and they uh, said, O men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? For the same Jesus that you saw go up into the clouds shall come in like manner. And so it's exciting to know that the Lord didn't leave us here without a promise of of his uh, return we know that there are when it comes to uh, the rapture we know that there are three positions the first one is what we call a uh, pre-tribulation rapture that's what I am I hope that's what you are if not you'll find out I always say we don't make it a test of fellowship because the Lord's going to come when he comes I always say that a lot of times preachers will be going up saying I told you so you know (laughs) even though they may have differed Some may have, and then the other positions are the mid-trib and also the post-tribulation. All those have to do with Daniel's 70th week, which is the week of tribulation, which is seven years divided into three and a half and in three and a half. I take the pre-trib because I believe that it keeps me in the greatest ignorance that Jesus will come as a thief in the night. And so when that will take place, I don't know. But the challenge, I think, is to be ready, to live every day as if the Lord would return today. There have been times when they thought this is it, but it wasn't. And I'm sure in A.D. 70, they probably thought this is it. (laughs) This is it. Well, it was a prefigure and a picture of that which is going to come upon the face of the earth when there will be terror and tribulation and horror Like the world has never known. The first three three and a half years will be the time that the Antichrist will come. He will make a a pact with the Jews. He will allow them to be offering their sacrifices uh, uh, at the temple. And then in the middle of the week, he will break that agreement, that covenant with them, and he will declare that he is Christ himself because he is. Antichrist and then uh, we find that that then it's all going to break loose judgment will be poured out upon the Jewish nation will be a time of Jacob's trouble there will be horrible things that will happen we preached through the book of Revelation several years ago uh, and uh, we talked about those woes and things that would happen uh, during that particular time and uh, but uh at the end christ will come again now the first time he is going to come for his saints and then uh he is going to come with the saints i believe the first time he will come and we will be caught away we will will be snatched out he will come with a shout the voice of an archangel and the trump of god you can read about that in first thessalonians chapter 4 Uh, 16 through 18 and so the dead in christ will rise those that are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds so shall we ever be with the lord and he said comfort one another with those words and that's uh, a great comfort that we have that's why we get excited right when we talk about jesus coming and the very fact that he's going to come personally jesus is a personal savior amen he died on the cross for me. If y'all had never been born, I believe Jesus still would have went to the cross and he would have died for me. He's a personal savior. And the day that I got down on my knees on a red and yellow checkered floor and asked him to save my soul, he didn't send a bunch of angels to do it. Uh you know, he didn't send a committee to do it. Uh, he could have sent anybody to do it, I guess, but he was a personal savior and he came to save me myself himself. And then when the Lord comes again, he is going to come himself. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. And so what a great day that is. I wouldn't mind just stopping preaching right here. God all probably say amen to that. But we're going to continue on. We find in verse 8 of our text, Matthew 13, Mark 13 and 8, He says here, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and other troubles, and these are the beginning of sorrows. That's why we know it's not A.D. 70, because those things did not exist before Jerusalem was destroyed in A.D. 70. There are people, theologians, that believe that that was the... That was this time right here when, uh, when Jerusalem went down, but we do not, I do not uh, take that position. And so here Jesus gives uh, a couple of admonitions to his disciples as he reveals the future to them. First of all, number one, uh, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, he says. Uh, we live today in a in a <laughs> in a land of deception, don't we? We have people that call us trying to de- to deceive us all the time. You get a phone call. You ever get these phone calls? You know, I got one yesterday. Said it was from from Texas Christian University. It wasn't. Some guy that was so he was upset, you know, because of the fact that I didn't have a a warranty on my car. <laughs> Extended warranty. I hate to tell them I got one. Okay, so leave me alone. I want to put it on my recorder. I have, I have a, a, a extended warranty, and yes, I have Medicare. I, I have, a, I'm all taken care of. Whatever. I have a new, you know, I have a fairly new roof. Don't need, a, don't need any of that stuff. Just get that out of the way. But nevertheless, I, here we find that people are trying to deceive us today, and we find that during that time there will be a time of false messiahs that will come during the tribulation period and before the tribulation period before the tribulation we live that day and and jesus said answering them he began to say take heed any man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying i am christ and shall deceive many and through the years there have been people that have done that uh, in modern times and in ancient times uh, as well In our times, we know that there have been people. I remember uh, when I was in England, they told a story at church about uh, this fellow that was at Hyde Park. And Hyde Park is a place in London where people can go and they preach, teach, whatever they want to. Every nut in town shows up there, you know, and gets an audience and tells them whatever he's trying to do and try to sell or try to persuade people and this one guy got up and he was he said uh, uh, i'm the christ i'm the christ and uh, someone hollered out to him show us the nail prints in your hands (laughs) and fanny crosby and her little group started singing we shall know him we shall know him uh, the nail prints in his hands. Amen. And so there there's there's people uh in our land that have come, urban Americans. Uh do you remember Jim Jones? Anybody old enough to remember Jim Jim Jones and the people people's uh, temple in Guyana in nineteen seventy? Seven, and you know, he was a, a bona fide nut. Whatever you wanted to be, that's what he was. You wanted to be a Marxist? You, can be an, you are one. You know, and you want to be a Christian? Okay, we got some of that too. He was a very brilliant man, but he was crazy. And uh, nevertheless, remember, all those people died drinking that, that uh, poison Kool-Aid. And, uh, and and goes on. Uh, I remember when I was in seminary in 75, I believe uh, it was, there was a group of people that went to a town over in western Arkansas called Grannis, Arkansas. Uh, there was about 25 of them that, that uh, held up in a, uh, in a house there in Granite. They did that for about like 10 months. They quit their jobs. They let their houses, you know, go back uh and because they knew that uh, they had been uh, uh convinced uh by this old boy that jesus was going to come and finally the authorities had to go in uh and uh, and take those people out how, how sad you know uh and then there was remember the hellbot comet uh, folks <laughs> those those were the uh, the folks you know in the heaven's gate uh movement in 1997 you remember that was a big deal a uh, fellow by the name of Marshall uh, Applewhite. Uh, and there was a, a lady named um, Bonnie Nettles, I believe is her, her name. And, and she uh, was, uh, you know, they were in uh, cahoots, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to deceive people. And so uh, people were gullible enough to, to, to believe uh, that, uh, that, 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 that thing. And so, you know, uh, there's been, the I don't know who promoted the Y2K movement. I still have my Y2K sermon, but, you know, everybody was told that computers were going to crash. Airplanes were going to fall out of the sky. It was certainly going to be Armageddon uh, right here. <laughs> and that, uh, that didn't happen. And so, nevertheless, we understand that these uh, things were going to happen back then we see those things happening today we can take heed we ought to take heed there are new cults that are being developed every day folks and there are cultists that come and they also always have a different volume an extra volume according to uh, the bible and so uh, beware when someone says well the bible is good but i got something extra here that's you know, he's, that's a good sign that that person is a cult. And so be mindful of that as we go through these days. And then, so there'll be uh, a, a false messiahs. And where there's false messiahs, uh, there are going to be false prophets. Uh, you know, and uh, I remember, I don't know, if Aaron, if you remember this, but there was a guy that sent a, uh, a little book out. It said, uh, The Rapture Report. Uh, it, uh, it was called The Final Shout, and it said, 80, uh, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Do you remember that? Yeah, and uh, there was a guy by the name of Edgar Weisenhut uh, that promoted that. And, and 1988 came and went, uh, the rapture didn't take. <laughs> and then there was the second volume, was The Final Shout, the rapture report for uh, uh, 1989 and uh 89 passed and that didn't take place either and then he came up with the third one 23 reasons why the pre-tribulation rapture looks like it will occur in rosh hashanah 1993 i hadn't heard from edgar lately I, I, i hope he hasn't had to go and stand before the lord maybe he has but these are false prophets and beware of these people just because they have something new listen there is nothing new under the sun just because you got something that's new and it sounds exciting like you never heard before you check it out with the word of god if it doesn't check out with the word of god then you know you just take it and throw it like a used piece of bubble gum out the door and then multiple wars the lord said verses seven and the first part of verse eight that there will be wars he said when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars you shall not be troubled for such things must needs be but the end is yet not come for our nation shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom and so today uh, there's always been wars There's always been sword rattling, as we call it, rumors of war. We have that uh, today, even, don't we? There will be an escalation of war. There will be threats of wars. uh, Someone asked the question uh, several years ago, how many wars are there today? Well, I asked that question when I was preparing this the other day. And I did what everybody else would do. I Googled it. (laughs) And uh, the best answer I got, there are like 40 wars that are going on right now. And no telling how much saber rattling that is going on as well there will always be war upon this this nation and so he said don't get uh, don't get upset with that there are earthquakes there's more earthquakes now than there's ever been before a uh, good friend of mine i went to seminary with him he pastored the first church said i pastored. i turned his name in said you need to pastor this church because i can't and so he went up and he pastored the church for 30 years and he died but he was a meteorologist his name was tom McElberry and he had a whole series of lessons that he did up on the uh, on second coming of the lord one year he believed that there was this particular comet that the lord was going to uh, come during that that comet you know and one of our seminary professors told him said, so don't make predictions like that or you you kill your credibility you kill your credibility when it don't happen just like mr Wisenhut. and so he had to refine that you know but you know but he he, he was a very brilliant guy he really was and uh, we were good friends and and uh, but he one of the, the the basis of living in end times was the increase he actually charted the number of earthquakes that had taken place since 19 whatever you know uh, we we did his tapes here uh, at the church and there was we gleaned a lot of good stuff out of that and uh it certainly made us aware of the fact that one of the days the Lord is going to come again. But when the earthquakes and the famines and the troubles come, He says this is what the beginning of sorrows. And so He said, "Don't, don't be, uh, don't be disturbed. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived in believing these things when you see all this stuff." And a lot of people today are out there. I hear preachers that they're trying to follow what's going on all all the nations you know that all this nation did this and and you know i I think adrian when i was in israel i I was standing next to adrian rogers and he he told his group this he said folks if you want to know about the signs of the time just keep your eyes on israel and he said that's the key right there and don't worry about what's going on in the rest of the world and so don't be deceived number two he said don't be discouraged Uh, verses nine through thirteen uh as he writes here to them he gives them words uh that uh, would help them not to be discouraged he said but take heed to yourselves (laughs) for they shall neither uh the for so they shall deliver you up to councils uh, and to the synagogues and you shall be beaten and you shall be brought before rulers wow and kings for my sake for a testimony against them, and the gospel must first be preached among all nations. Well, <laughs> don't be discouraged. You're, you're going to suffer persecution. And Jesus told them that when he began, didn't he? He said, you're going to take up a cross. Are you willing to take up a cross? Deny yourself, take up a cross, and follow me. A cross is an emblem of death. And all of those disciples, except for John, died violent physical deaths. For the cause of christ john was exiled to the isle of patmos of course we know and so we uh we should not be surprised when someone uh, says we don't like you christians and i hate to tell you this but we're going to see an increase of that folks as we as we go on uh today we we see a movement to snuff out uh, christianity to to remove uh christmas and to remove uh, uh the celebration of the resurrection of jesus we see that happening today changing the names you know and we preach violently here keep christ in christmas in spite of all the other traditions and stuff that they try to invoke upon us let let people know that jesus christ is the son of god who came into the world to be the savior of the world and it started right there in bethlehem didn't it physically physically jesus always existed but physically he that's where he came and so he said don't be discouraged with increasing opposition they are going to oppose you in verses 9 through 11 and then don't be discouraged with personal personal about yourself Don't think it's just going to happen to other people. You know, we've always felt somewhat safe from persecution here in the United States. We felt that we have the freedom. Well, folks, let me tell you something. That can be taken away. And there's those that would like to take it away. There will always be those. When Hitler took over Germany, what did he do? He not only took charge of the Jews, but also the Christians millions of christians that died as well a lot of people don't know that but yeah they did and so he said here in in verses 12 and 13 to use them as opportunities to witness when they when they get you know when you get uh, brought you know and you're captured get to use it as an opportunity to tell them what jesus has done Tell them what Jesus did for you, and be bold enough to tell them He can do it for you too, which He can, which He can, and use those. And Acts, the book of Acts, records a lot of instances where that happened to different people. You know, uh, Peter and John, and, and uh, in chapter four and chapter verse uh, chapter five, uh, seven. Stephen uh, was was you know, brought before him and stoned the Apostle Paul was time and time again. Uh, you know, we found himself in the Philippian jail in and, and chapter 16. So, you know, there's all kinds of conflict that we as individual Christians will go through if we're bold enough to stand up and say, I belong to Jesus. I'm a card-carrying Christian. And I'm not ashamed of Jesus. That's what Paul told, encouraged us in Romans 1. He said, be not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm glad he added that because that's who we are i'm not jewish but i am a gentile amen and jesus died for me just as much as he died for them and i can be saved and i can be forgiven and i can have eternal life and i can have a new life in christ jesus the bible says therefore if any man be in christ he's a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new and it's all in christ jesus the lord But you'll have to suffer. And the history of Christianity is written in blood. It's written in blood, but it makes us stronger. When the disciples were persecuted, they counted it themselves an honor to be counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. And so, you know, then he goes on. He talked about the gospel being preached to all nations. I don't think the gospel going to all nations is a condition for the lord coming uh i believe it needs it's a part of the great commission in matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20 where we are preached to the whole world and that is the whole age to the end of the age that's the end when, when the end of the age comes then the lord will come when tribulation comes before that he will make his appearance in the air and we will go and be with him Verse 11, he says, witness when you're on trial. Like the many martyrs that have done through the years. You'll be brought before, before. And that's happening today. I mean, folks, there are people that are brought to trial. Because they stood for the Lord. Are you willing to do that? Am I willing to do that? You know, in early days during Rome. They would have to go and offer incense and say, Caesar is Lord. Christians would not do that, and therefore they were, they were persecuted and killed. I heard about one that was put in oil and set a fire in Nero's court. You know what his testimony was? I'm glad that I can be a light for Jesus i heard of another that was caught on fire and in the midst of the fire as the believers stood and watched their leader being consumed by the fire they saw three fingers come up out of the flame father son holy spirit they knew (laughs) they knew that he was going to a better 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 place one fellow in somewhat modern history said was told we're going to we're going to uh, kill you. He said, "You can't kill me. All you can do is change my address." <laughs> Amen. I always think you know when you start to tell someone about Jesus, they might not like that. I mean, and I think, well, what's the worst thing they could do to me? Well, they could kill me, and I'd go to heaven. That's the worst thing they could do to me. That'd be the best thing that they could do to me. I think about old John Bunyan in England was taken and put in Bedford jail. They brought his little girl in and let him visit with her for a little while. And when she left, they said, John Bunyan, if you'll deny Christ and stop preaching, said, we'll let you out and you can go and be with your daughter. Old John Bunyan stood straight as an arrow, his hair black as a raven's back, and he said, Sirs, if you let me out of this jail today, I'll be preaching in Bedford Square tomorrow. He stayed in jail. And so Jesus said, hey, I'm giving you fair warning. It is going to come. It'll be a personal thing. Verse 13, he talks about the cause of this persecution. Why would they do that to us? He said, for my sake. People hate Jesus. And what did Jesus say? They hated me, don't you expect to get better treatment than I got. They hate the servant, it's because they first hated the master. And they hated him, even in spite of the fact that he was willing to give them forgiveness of sins before God and write their name in heaven's book. They hated him, and he said, you're not going to get any better treatment than I am. I heard about uh, years ago I read about when the communists went into Czechoslovakia and they went into churches and they beheaded the people and this one story was about a uh, soldier that went up to this little girl precious little girl and he handed her a, a picture that looked like Jesus and he said if you'll take this picture and if you'll throw it on the ground and stomp it with your foot I won't take your head off And he handed her the picture and she looked at the picture and she looked up to heaven she said jesus one day you died for me today i will die for you and she did and so jesus said don't 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 be surprised don't be surprised the challenge for not being discouraged don't be deceived but are you and i willing to follow jesus all the way all the way all the way are you willing are you willing to go to the cross for salvation you can't go to the church for salvation you can't go to the waters of baptism for salvation you have to go to the cross In repentance and in faith. Trusting in the shed blood of Jesus. That can wash away your sin. That's where the atonement was made. And there is where you can be justified before God. And then following to the waters of baptism. We're baptized not to become a child of God, but because we are a child of God. Jesus was baptized not to become the Son of God. He already was the Son of God. But to tell everybody that he was the Son of God. And we are baptized to let everyone know that we're not ashamed of this Jesus that died for us on a cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb and rose again the third day and lives today to live in our hearts and receive our worship which we worship and serve him till he calls us home i'm a card-carrying christian i'm not ashamed of it and go to the church for discipleship and for service we have to be discipled that's why we have classes never forget the great commission has three parts to it make disciples baptize them and then to teach why do we have classes Why don't we have Sunday school classes or lifeline classes, we call them now. Why don't we gather together on Wednesday night and study the Bible to disciple us, to get education, and also to get inspiration. You know that you've grown in grace, and then you mature when you hunger for the truth of the Word of God. And when you get it, a light comes on. And you say, aha, I got a piece of it. It's like a puzzle. You don't understand it all all at once. But if you keep coming back and sitting under the teaching of the Word of God, you get a little piece at a time. The disciple, are you willing to get involved? (laughs) A lot of people don't want to get involved. To give your time, your talent, and your treasures to be involved. While we stand this morning with our heads bowed. Father, we thank you today for the Lord Jesus. We see that the things that will come are just the beginnings of sorrows. Things are going to get rough down here, Lord. So we pray, even so, come Lord Jesus. But help us, Lord, today that we might be what you would want us to be and that we might bear an effective witness and a genuine testimony and that you would give us opportunity to tell others what Jesus did, what he did for us, what he can do for them, and that we will have the boldness, that we will have the boldness to tell and that souls would be saved and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. How about it today? Altar is open. you'd like to be saved, I'd be glad to take the Bible and show you how you can call on the Lord and be saved. Maybe you need to come and submit to baptism or church membership. Why not today? Why not? Hour is short. You're going to see more of these beginnings of sorrows as time goes on.